Welcome in, everybody, to a delayed episode, but another episode of our Creighton Volleyball Weekend Wrap-Up. I know it's Thursday, but, you know, just bear with me here. Um, I am joined, as always, by former Blue Jay, Megan Ballinger, um, and we're going to break down, you know, Creighton's kind of last few matches. Mainly, we're going to talk a lot about the Nebraska match that just happened last night at the CHI Health Center. Um, And then we'll look ahead a little bit to you know, what Creighton's going to turn around and face this weekend and the challenges that come with coming off of an emotional high that, you know, also paired with a letdown of a loss. So, you know, there's there's a little bit of a mental game that Creighton's going to have to play there um, from an exhaustion standpoint to get themselves ready for another tough weekend because they're playing two really good teams. So, um, yeah, we'll break that all down for you. So thank you for tuning in. And, uh, Megan, let's jump right in. Obviously, it was an interesting night last night. I think it was a lot of fun for volleyball fans in general. I also think it was a lot of fun for Creighton and Nebraska fans individually. Um, and as as weird as it is to say, I think it was a lot of fun for the players and coaches, even though one side of it obviously had to deal with losing the match. Um, it felt like one of those where both teams kind of didn't really deserve to. It just someone has to win and someone has to lose. How, how did you come away from it when you – you know, as you tried to process these last 24 hours of what transpired, how the match played out, and then, you know, how you think you'd probably be feeling right now if you were a player on the wrong side of that one. Yeah, you know, I think there's so much anticipation for that match whenever Crane gets to host. Um, and then last night with the attendance record, I think, you know, they talked about that a ton and potentially breaking it. And then, I mean, they blew it out of the water. Um, obviously, now looking back, um, but yeah, it's, it's disappointing. I think you just, there's so much energy that goes into it and it's a little bit different. Like you're in Omaha, but you know, you're at this huge venue that you're just not used to playing at. So it's kind of a completely different look. Um, and then it was just kind of a heartbreaking loss, honestly. Um, and, you know, I didn't think Creighton started out very well in those first two sets. And then um, the third set obviously was that really tight set and um they were able to pull it out and then from there the fourth set they dominated and then the fifth set it's like okay new game who's gonna show up um and unfortunately Nebraska you know scored a few more points um so I think that part of it is really disappointing um especially because they did kind of work their way into playing better throughout the match yeah I think there's a there's a lot to take away from a positive side of things even though Creighton lost but you know if we if we just start out the match just isolating set one real quick it felt like all the variables you kind of mentioned there being in a different arena um you know it's different sight lines different environments different feel than your home gym which i think at some point for players i have to imagine you can um obviously speak on that but i feel like when you're playing at sokol everything is muscle memory at some point you've practiced you've, you've gone through so many practice reps there you've played so much six on six with your own teammates there um that by the time you get to a match like there's not a whole lot of like you know there's not a whole lot of extra stuff you're worried about where you're looking around going man this is crazy like you've been through all that when you're at Sokol like it's all old hat so you can just play you know you can just go out there and let it rip but when you're at CHI especially for like think about if you're freshman DS guy McCune and Nebraska's just like hey um you're going to receive all the serves tonight. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like 
there's a lot of pressure on you from the jump and you're trying to process your emotions of what it's like to play in front of a crowd you've never even experienced before in an arena you've never played in and oh by the way the number two team in the country is across the net from you so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of stuff you can't control and then the things that you can control are really difficult there there's a warming up part of that for a player right it's not just you can simulate it all you want but when you're in the match in the moment in the environment you got to kind of ease your way into that because it's it's, it's got to be nerve-wracking am i am i on with that is it this, is it like that yeah i mean it's completely different like it's not a home court advantage whatsoever it's a neutral site you know like creating as much as it's a home game for them that they promote um it's not anything similar you know I mean, Nebraska even has an advantage. Their arena is a lot larger. Um, than right. You know, there's not – it's not multi-level at Creighton. It's not where you have, like, the upper bowl and the lower bowl and that sort of um, thing. And honestly, like, your depth perception, too, is so much different in this huge arena. And there's so many people. Um, it's a lot louder just because you have so many people there. Um, and then, you know, for Creighton, obviously, it was a lot more Husker fans. And, I mean, you would expect it. Um, so, you know, it's people cheering against you and a really, really large crowd cheering against you. And, you know, you typically don't even get that. Um, and so far, I would say, you know, you don't have an opposing team show up that big, right. Um, and play you, especially not with big East teams that come in conference play, um, and not many non-conference teams like bring, you know, quite an entourage that would be similar to all the Husker fans getting packed in this huge arena. The only thing I even draw a comparison to from what, a Creighton team is experienced at Sokol was I think last year's Kansas match felt neutral because they brought a huge band um, that completely dwarfed Creighton's. Um, and then obviously their whole section behind their bench was pretty large and loud. So I, that felt like more of a neutral environment than Sokol usually produces for a Creighton home match. That's the only one in my memory of covering Creighton that feels like uh, Creighton lost control of Sokol. But at CHI, it feels like they're just... Honestly, we'll, t- we'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode, but neutral is being generous, right? Like, Nebraska's played a ton of matches at CHI in its history. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay? A lot of high-stakes matches at that. Um, they kind of know how to simulate what that's going to feel like. And then, oh, by the way, you have, you know, a large contingent of your fan base has made the trip to either they're from Omaha and it's an easier way to get there than going to Lincoln every time, or they've moved up from Lincoln and they're watching you play. Whatever it is, whatever the dynamic dynamic is, I feel like I feel like Nebraska can get comfortable in that setting quicker than a Creighton player who hasn't experienced it before. Fair or not, that, I think that's just the reality of the situation. And I think that played out early on because you saw like there was a lot of ebb and flow in the early portion of the first set, but I think Nebraska was like the one leading the race. They were the ones kind of building leads and Creighton would catch up until the midway point when Nebraska put on a big run and kind of put some distance between them and essentially effectively ended the first set, right? It was like 2012, 21, 12. And at that point, you're like in reset mode if you're Creighton. But I thought something happened at the end of set one towards the end. I think it was my mark it down kind of around that last 10 points mark. It looked to me, and I was, we were courtside. Um, so you can kind of feel the vibe of the players and we can see the bench. And I think through those first 30 or so points, I think Creighton looked 
really disconnected. I, and and I think there was a little bit of like concern on their faces, especially their bench. And when they're bent, I think when you, I think that's a good indicator of how a team is going to perform. When you see that their bench looks like they don't quite believe in what's happening right now, and they look a little bit shook, I think that permeates because by the time you get to those players, I think you're already feeling it on the court. Um, so at 2012, I felt like Creighton was kind of losing grip on things and was probably teetering. Something I don't know. They they settled in at that around those last ten points when it was around twenty to twelve, twenty one twelve. I thought they just started doing simple things that they've done so much. And I thought it became. I talked about muscle memory before. I thought they started doing the muscle memory things, nailing passes, um, keeping Kendra on the net, putting your block set up on time, serving strong, serving well, not making errors that are unforced, and just kind of playing Nebraska point for point. They weren't really getting consumed by the 20 to 12 that was on the scoreboard they were just going point for point and i think that's when creighton's really at its best is when it's simplifying things because they weren't ever going to be the more physical team if they were just going to try to out physical nebraska and make the highlight reels happen um they were going to get run over i think just you know from that standpoint but when creighton settles down and just sticks to the fundamentals and the basics and the things that are kind of their principles serve pass um good energy on the court, stay positive, point by point. I think they play really well when they are doing those things, when they focus on those things. And I think that's what started to happen towards the end of set one. Yeah, I agree. And I thought, you know, Nebraska kind of dominated offensively in that first set. Um, and like Whitney Lonsky, I mean, she dominated all night offensively. But in that first set, I think, I forget how many kills she had, but. She, yeah, she had seven. She had seven kills on ten swings in that first set. Yeah, she was. Yeah, so like she was super efficient. I didn't think Creighton could stop her. And then, I think towards the end of that set, they kind of started getting in there and getting touches more, getting touches on the block. You know, getting touches defensively, flying around. Um, maybe it wasn't pretty, but I think they were in those points a little bit longer um, than the beginning of that first set when they, I, when Nebraska, I think, just kind of had like free will at go up, get a kill, um, and then. You know, the, Nebraska defended Creighton really well when they went to go swing, and they didn't hit very efficiently either in that first set. Yeah, for sure. There was there wasn't a whole lot that was going well in terms of the holistic statistical picture for Creighton, but you know, I, I try to break things down in segments, and I think that last segment was encouraging for. I know I marked it down. I'm like, I mean, it's twenty to twelve, so I think there's a lot of times where it's not unusual for the opponent that or the, the team's on the wrong end of the, of the lopsided score. When you get to end game, I don't think it's unusual for the opponent that's dealing with that, that dealing with that deficit to win the last 10 to 12 points. I think that's, an, I actually think that's kind of normal. I think the team that's up big right there, unless they have a physical advantage on top of a fundamental advantage in terms of their ex- way they're executing, it's really hard for them to keep the foot on the gas when the, the set feels like it's a wrap already. You know what I mean? Complacency is kind of natural in that regard, but obviously Creighton didn't have those advantages. So I thought it was encouraging to see how they played down the stretch because it wasn't like Nebraska just relaxed a little bit. I thought Creighton started doing, I started playing its game. And I think this, it was, I think they won the last 10.6 to four. And I think it was notable to me watching it because like I said, they were passing better than they were the first 30 or so points. Um, uh, they had better connection with Kendra and the hitters at that down the stretch. I thought they were creating longer rallies, which was making it they were making it hard for Nebraska to find the floor, as opposed to just bump set first swing kill, 
you know, to an open spot, celebrate, and move on to the next point. That Creighton was fighting better, you know. There was just a lot. I thought that was okay. I think Creighton's in the match now. I think they've settled in. I think the crowd is whatever it's going to be. They're fine with that now. I think they've adjusted to it. I think they've settled into what it's going to be. Now it's just about volleyball. And I think the rest of the match played out that way. Because set two, set two was interesting because Creighton was in that one and they had a chance to win it. And as you're watching them, you're thinking, okay, um, Creighton's got an opportunity here to get this thing even at intermission. And it feels like a big moment, right? Because can Creighton come back from 0-2 against Nebraska? That's really tough. I feel like I feel like if Creighton's up 2-0, not to bring back poor memories, but Nebraska can deal with that a little bit better. Um, they've dealt with it more, you know what I mean, in high-level matches. They've been down 2-0 in Final Fours and come all the way back and won. That's old hat to them. But Creighton down 0-2 to Nebraska in essentially a road, hostile environment, that seems like a heavy hill to climb. So Creighton needs to finish this set. Um, they didn't. They're down 0-2 going into the locker room. How would you have felt in that moment? Like, what's 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 going to go through your mind? Because I thought it was very interesting that after the match, Nora Sis said, it's all good. Like, you know, I think her quote was, grab a snack, we're going five, we're in this thing, we're fine. Did she get did, – did they get that confidence from the way – they started to play as set one ended, as set two rolled on, even though they lost it, even though they were down 0-2, even though it's Nebraska. Do you feel like they got some belief, and that's why it wasn't crazy for them to say, look, it's 0-2, but we're 0-0 coming out of the locker room. You know, let's reset and go. Like, how would you have felt in that moment, do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's always your hope that even if you're down big like they were, you know, in that second set, you got to fight back and get some momentum. I think, I mean, volleyball is such a game of momentum that even if you can string together, you know, five points or something at the end of the game, and you know you're most likely going to lose, I think you kind of just continue to build confidence. And that's just what you have to do. I mean, I thought, you know, it's like you have nothing else to do. Do you want to go home, you know, losing one another set, or do you want to play five and give it your best shot? And I think that's just like the competitor's mindset that you have to have. And, um, even if you're down 0-2, I mean, it's not looking good, but, you know, you just have to be in, in it for the long ride and hope that you continue to play better. And Creighton did that. I thought, you know, they kept working their way into it. And then, I mean, set three and set four especially, I thought they really were, like, clicking on all cylinders. And that disconnectedness that kind of happened in the first set, I didn't think you saw as much of that happen anymore. Um, I have to disagree with you. We saw it quite a bit. I just think it was on the other side of the net. Nebraska. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, Nebraska looked so disjointed. They, they were they were botching first contact constantly. I mean, I lost track at how many times they missed that first pass. I mean, Creighton was serving. You know, Nicklin was running all over the place. It, oh, yeah. Creighton was serving them off the floor, and that was really surprising to me. I think Creighton's a really good serving team. I know it's part of who they try to be from a DNA standpoint, but to but to make Nebraska chase the thing all over the floor as much as they were, that was like I. It went from them down 0-2 coming out of the locker room to me being like, um, if Nebraska doesn't get settled back in here, Creighton's going to continue to build mojo, and it won't matter how many fans you got in this arena. When you're playing at that level, and if you're Nebraska and you're just botching passes left and right, your confidence starts to go drained, right? You don't believe in yourself at all at that point if you can't even nail you know, that first that first contact. So it happened so much that I was like, you know what? 
Drayton isn't just like hanging around. Nebraska's not just getting complacent with the lead. Like I think Creighton's starting to dictate a little bit here. That was what was wild about sets, you know, as set two rolled on, as three and four came together because Creighton won a tight one in three. It went to extras, but they dominated in four, and it just felt like that was a progression. It, it, it did zero zero didn't reset that thing. I think it was a continuation of the way Creighton was playing, and I don't think Nebraska was handling it very well, which to me was like. I thought set five was really it was going to be really interesting because it's like I think Creighton has a lot of momentum, maybe all of it, based on the way they're playing. And it's not just the scoreboard; it was the way that they were playing. Nebraska was not doing was not handling the things that Creighton is good at very well at all. And I thought it was really interesting the way Creighton stole momentum in that in that match. From a from a from a volleyball standpoint, like what did it look like to you that Creighton started doing super well, super consistent that allowed them to take control? in the middle portion of that match and, and grab some momentum as they, as they rallied to take, to, to tie it back up. You know, I just thought they played a lot cleaner. And um, for me, I started noticing a lot more block touches and then it kind of slowed it down for the defense. Um, and that's really hard to do because Nebraska was in a six two um, all night last night. So, you know, they had three good options when they were um, enough in system to hit all three options. Um, so I think that was a kind of a game changer there. And then, I mean, passing-wise, I thought they passed and they served really well. Um, I think they definitely beat Nebraska in that respect. And I know, like, Nebraska had 10 service errors. Um, and no aces. The, the didn't get Zero aces. aces, yeah. Not aced so, one time. <laughs> yeah, so that's something that I wouldn't expect Creighton would win in this match. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of based on, like, knowing the styles of the teams. Um but I thought that was really impressive, and I thought they just stayed in points, too. I mean, not all of it was clean, but, I mean, there were some just great digs on both sides last night mm-hmm. of people just sticking out an arm and getting it up, and um, you kind of just had to be like, oh, where'd the ball go, you know? So I thought that part of it was really fun to watch, and as much as Nebraska's known for doing that, I thought Creighton did that really well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, I, I mean, F5 got away late. You know, I thought Nebraska just settled back in and started taking some really strong, aggressive swings. Like, they were – at some point, I think they just de- decided that, all right, look, we kind of lost the grip on this one. We probably could have had a quick, easy night, but it's not like that now. So, we're in a dogfight here in set five, and um, it just seemed like Nebraska was the team that decided they're going to go down swinging first because they all their swings were confident, aggressive. If they it just felt like they weren't worried about making errors. And I felt like from Creighton's side of things, they wanted to be a little bit cute about it. Like, you know, we want to be really precise. I don't want to miss this swing. If there's a block in front of me, I want to try to, you know, flip around it or things like that. Or I'm just, I'm just not going to take a good hack at this thing because I feel like I'm going to get it stuffed in my face. I feel like that's what started Creighton started to worry about a little bit too much. And Nebraska didn't. And I think that's what made the difference in set five was Nebraska just kind of threw caution to the wind and took far more aggressive swings than Creighton did. And I think they got rewarded for it because, you know, obviously they started to get on a roll offensively. Yeah, I mean, they went on some big runs to close out the, the fifth set. And I think you're right. Um, you know, you always talk about that, you know, you go out swinging and be aggressive and things. But, um, you know, sometimes you start thinking about it too much, you, you just get in your head. And I think part of that, you know, might have spread into Creighton and they were a little bit more timid um like you mentioned so yeah and Nebraska 
You know, it looked like it could have been the first points of the game, you know, in the fifth set, which is what you want to have, but it's hard to do. And um, that's a hard mindset to adopt when, you know, you haven't been in that situation a lot. For sure. Let's talk about some individual performances. I think there were some ones that were pretty, honestly, pretty incredible. One, Keely Davis. I mean, you were in that Marquette match, right? So you know what that 31 kill performance felt like. So feel free to, to be like, Matt, you're freaking crazy here. I thought that was the best match she's ever played last night. I mean, flying all she had a she had a play where she flew full extension head first into the scorer's table to get a ball up that Creighton ended Creighton ended up winning that point. Two 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 touches later, they put it down. You know what I mean? That's a ma- that's a big time play that she didn't make as a freshman. Um I was watching the match earlier back tonight. And I haven't finished breaking it all down, but every time she served, Nebraska passed a one or less. If they did not handle her well from the service line, that's something she didn't do as a freshman, right? Um, her efficiency, uh, 19 kills on 47 swings, only six errors. You're hitting 277 against a Nebraska defense. When you're when every time she's hitting, it's four hands and they're all six four, six five. Like that's as big of a block as she'll see all year, guaranteed, no question about it. And to hit 277 on 47 swings against that team is is ridiculous. And then 15 digs. I mean, just all over the floor playing six rotations, passing great, serving great, hitting great. You know, I know that Marquette matches the stuff of legends because it was a war of attrition. And 31 kills is absurd, especially if you're a freshman. But I thought that was the best we've ever seen Keely Davis. So feel free to pick that apart if you want to, but. I'm I'm standing on that one. I think I mean I agree with you. I think the best all around performance I pro- have probably seen her, you know, play. Yeah. Um, and I think this year too, just in general, I think she's been a lot better just all around. Um, passing, defense, serving, um, hitting. Um, obviously, you know, the main thing people pay attention to a lot of times is kills. Um, yeah, but. I know. You know, she's in there for all the digs, like you said, and I think she's also kind of that emotional leader for them, too, because she's she's in there right now. You know, the role that they have her in, she's in there for six rotations, so um, she kind of has to be a part of all of it, and I thought she did all the skills um, at a really high level last night. How cool is it to see her, like, what she is right now as a player and a teammate based after after what she had to kind of deal with last year? It felt like, you know, it was going to start to turn into the Norris' show. So you've got this hot shot freshman who's really good. Um, and then Jayla Zimmerman, who's your other six rotation stud, right? So you have to make a tough choice there. And if you're Keeley, you have to figure out what you want to do with that, right? Like, do you, do you make that about yourself? And do you feel sorry for yourself? And do you not try to work as hard at your craft and, and continue to improve and continue to earn trust to your coaches and teammates? And do you do you do you go internal with it, or do you, you know, stick it out, keep working, keep showing up every day, keep being a good teammate, and then just wait for your opportunity to come again, right? When you can, when you can show who you, you know what you can do. It's really impressive to see her turn into that six rotation stud, because I don't I don't know what this team looks like if she's not that, if she doesn't stick it out, because you know Jayla. Jayla's not ready, and I I don't know if um it's I don't know if it's even realistic to expect her to be. That's a really hard injury to come back from. So even if she comes back, it might not 
it very likely won't be the six rotation stud we know her to be, right? It might just be a, a serving specialist in a DS, you know what I mean? Because I, I just feel like it might be difficult to handle the wear and tear of, you know, block setup and, you know, approach setup for hits, like all that up and down might be really difficult if you're, you know, if the, if the knee isn't ready, you know? So it might be a different kind of role we're used to seeing her in. So without that, you're essentially talking about Nora Sis being your six rotation stud as a sophomore, the one you rely on the most, the one that's going to deal with first contact and third contact and be ready to do that every single night. That's a lot to put on Nora right now, right? Because she's never done it before. So Keely stepping up and being this player and, and turning into like the best version of the player we've seen throughout the years. I think it's huge for Creighton because I think they needed it in a bad way. I think it was a major question mark coming into the year was like, who can, if, if Nora is going to be your marked player, every defense is going to be set up to stop her. Every server is going to be going after her to try to make her try to wear her out every match, you know, who steps up on the pin to offset some of that. And Keeley's been incredible this year. And I think, you know, when you look at last night, I thought that was the best version of her against maybe the toughest team she's ever played. Yeah, you know, I think they needed that balance. Like you said, you know, you can't, I mean, you can have, you know, Nora's a great player. Um, you know, she can lead the team in kills, but I think at, at some point you've got to have that balance so that if it's not her night, you know, it's not going as well for her, then you have somebody that can step up and um, kind of touch all parts of the game and positively impact um, the game. So, yeah, I mean, I just think, where she's at right now um, is super impressive. And especially after, you know, kind of having to wait it out and her role, you know, the last, you know, last year wasn't um, quite as like important, I would say, like on the court as far as scoring points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just impressive in the way that she kind of stayed in it. And now she's getting her moment to shine. I think is a really good example just to you know, players of all ages, because there's always, you know, somebody that's maybe going to get injured and um, you might have to step into a role that, you know, you maybe didn't expect um, to be yours. And I think it's good to see her energy too. I think she's infectious in that regard. And she's just uh -huh. like, you know, you know what the best part about last night was, I don't know if a lot of people picked up on it, but in the preseason, you know, when they were kind of talking about expectations and everything, she's, she gave Nebraska some extreme bulletin board material. Like I'm surprised, more than I think I've heard since probably Jaylee. Um, and she was like, yeah, I think we got a team that, you know, I think we have a lot of talent. We have a lot of skill. I think we have a good mix of veterans and young players. And, you know, she was trying to convey the message that, you know, these bigger goals of making the final four and, you know, playing in Omaha in December and going down the road, uh, like aren't, aren't like pie in the sky type of goals. Like we have a reason to believe in this. And one of the things they talked about or that she mentioned was Nebraska playing in Nebraska. And she says, she said, literally, she said, we have, uh, we're capable or something like that. Um, in terms of the, the talent in the gym of giving them the works this year, like just your Creighton's Oh, and 18 all time against Nebraska. Like you're supposed to tread lightly, walk into that match and like slay the dragon that way. You know, she just called the shot. And then to see her perform like that last night, that to me shows you or shows like anybody who's paying attention that she's at an entirely different level in terms of her confidence and her ability, because it's one thing to say that it's one thing. I think it's easy to say that someone like me could say that, you know what I mean? 
But to go out there and prove it, like, yo, I said that and I'm going to show you like, you know, the best of me because I'm going to I'm going to make sure I do everything I can to back that up. That's that's crazy impressive to me because that could have been that could have turned ugly if you weren't ready to back that up. And she backed up every single letter of that of those words she said every single one because i think it, that's what that's what was, that's what blew me away about last night because i was really watching that i'm like i was really watching keely i'm like you called that shot in the preseason you know what i mean before you'd even played this year at all like that's a crazy shot to take at nebraska right they're the dynasty of college volleyball they're the everyone calls them the alabama of college volleyball right um which is kind of funny because I might, I might argue nebraska volleyball is better than alabama football but <laughs> We'll we'll set that aside for a second. But for Keely to back that up, knowing like what it takes to stand on a comment like that and not be a, not shy away from it, and then when the moment comes to thrive in it, what's what's that tell you mentally about where she might be at? I think I mean she's put enough work in over the years. You know she's an older player now, so I think she's kind of like okay, let me step into this swagger and let me kind of lead the way. And I think you have to have somebody on your team like that. I mean, just that is ultra confident and is just going to instill that confidence in people. And um, I mean, I played with players like that over the year and sometimes you got to shake your head because they'll say things and you're like, I don't know about that. But I mean, you have to kind of have somebody that kind of lights the fire. And I think for them, she, she plays that role. Yeah. It's, it was, it was crazy to watch. Um, Nora sis. So this is, is kind of interesting because I think Nora's still kind of in she I think she's still kind of leveling up a little bit, you know. Um I think everyone knows she's good and from a, from in the big east, I think she's going to be dominant. Um, but you're kind of wondering, like, okay, can you be a consistent high level performer um against elite competition as much as you are against uh, lower level competition, right? Teams that you from teams that you expect to beat and expect to play well against versus teams that it's a little bit more up in the air. Um, set one last night looked a lot like sets one through three last year where Nebraska shut her down. And you're kind of wondering yourself, um, geez, like what, you know, maybe, maybe there's still more to go here, you know, maybe, maybe she's not, um, I don't even know how I would how I would phrase it. Like she's really good, but there are levels to this game, right? And if you want to be a Final Four team, you gotta go to you gotta be able to go to a level um that that very few, maybe even kind of on one hand, can reach. If you're gonna be number one, if you're gonna be the number one offensive option, if you're gonna play six rotations, if you're gonna be a final four team, your number one has to be able to handle an elite blocking defense as 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 easily or just as efficiently as they would handle, you know, Seton Hall that you're expecting to run over, you know, on a certain weekend. But sets two through five, she got it together. Um, she was really efficient. She was much more efficient than she was in set one. I think she started tooling the block better. Um, you know, and it was, I think the encouraging thing from Nora's perspective is that after set one happened last night, she didn't, have like any kind of memory of sets one through three last year and let it kind of you know unwind her performance she just wiped it and kept swinging i thought that was really encouraging to see 
And I think it's a big step for her development to do that against Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, she stayed in it. And what bigger stage are you going to have, you know, until the NCAA tournament? You won't. So I think that part of it is really encouraging. And then, yeah, your level of competition and you have really big blockers over there who I'm sure in their scouting report, you were the you were the talk of the entire scouting report, most likely 100%, um, yeah, as far as Crane's offense goes. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just got to rebound. You're not going to have a great set. And luckily for her, she worked through it in a game and didn't let it kind of fester into the rest of the game, um, like you mentioned, because that can be easy to do if you're kind of in a funk and you just – nothing's really falling. And it's frustrating to play a team like Nebraska that's all over um, the floor defensively and – has big blockers and can, you know, shut you down with blockers or get touches and then run easy defense and just put it right back at you. So, yeah, I mean, nothing else to do but to go up and swing again. Um, but I thought, you know, she moved her shots around too a little bit. And um, that just kind of shows her growth, I think, as a player and just kind of using using her mind more than just going up and swinging away every single time. So that was 100%. really impressive. Yeah, I totally agree about the mental side of the thing because you're looking at, like – you know, when Nora's playing really well, she's got that smile on her face and she looks like she's having a great time out there, you know. It, it's a heated competition, right? But it's also, she looks like she's having a blast when she's playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was apparent last night. It looked like she was having fun. And I don't know what came first. Like, did she start having fun and then she started playing well? Or she started playing well and then she started having fun? Either way... You could see it looked like Nora out there, the typical Nora we usually see with the smile on her face and just swinging away, um, not really worrying about what happens with the ball after after it leaves her hand. Um, what do you think is more important in that in that variable when you are the top option? And maybe not. It's not about if you know it. It's about you're the top option and you know the other team knows it. You know what I mean? Last year it was different. Nora probably wasn't the top option against Nebraska at this point of the season last year. It was like Jayla, Keeley, Naomi, you know, oh, and Nora's really good too. Um, but she's a freshman, you know. This year, like, Nebraska clearly knows she's number one. And we Nebraska knows to win. They, Nebraska knows if they want to win or if they want to be in position to win, they have to shut her down as much as possible. So whether Nora thinks it or not or, or has the swagger of a number one, she knows she's smart enough to know that Nebraska knows they need to stop her. So what do you think was more important for her last night to be as successful as she was? Cause she ended up hitting, I mean, she ended up hitting 127, but the first set was not good. So she was far more efficient at the rest of the match. Let me even put this into context here. What was she? So she had 14 kills on 51 swings. So let me get my calculator out real quick. Sorry, this is great podcasting. Yeah, she hit kind of right around 200. You know what I mean? I think when you're facing a defense like Nebraska, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? She'll hit higher than that against, you know, against lesser teams. But when you're facing Nebraska, I think if your outside is at 200 on a high volume, I think you're, I think you'll live with that because it means you're putting the ball down quite a bit. Um, so what do you think was more important for her last night? Did did was her was it that smile that she usually has and that joy she usually usually plays with? Or did you think it was more, you know, the physical stuff that she just handled what Nebraska was doing better? What do you think was more important for her? Mm, 
probably just like the joy and the kind of her attitude. I think just being loose in that environment because it's really easy to get tense. I think, you know, if Nebraska runs up a few points on you, I think you can get a little bit stressed. Um, but for the most part, I thought Creighton did a really good job of just staying in there. And I thought Nora too. I mean, she didn't, you know, let one error turn into many errors. I didn't think, you know, she made an error and then she just said, okay, I'll get a kill next time. So I think that part of it, the mindset part of it, and just playing with joy and enjoying it, I think is just probably the most important, especially to sustain a match that goes for five sets because it's so emotional both ways. And, um, you know, Creighton loses a tight set and then Creighton blows them out one set. And then you're, you find yourself in a fifth set where, you know, anything goes. So I think just the attitude and maintaining that for as long as you have to um, in a five set match is probably the most important. Um, Kendra. Um, 40, 45 assists, uh, three blocks, 18 digs, season high. Um, what did you think of Creighton's sophomore setter? Because it, I, she looks pretty special right now. Like she's playing at an extremely high level and there was a big portion of the match last night where. I kind of felt like she was the best player on the floor at times, you know, she was making it really hard for Nebraska to get the ball down because she just covers the floor so well. And, you know, Creighton's nailing passes. I mean, she wasn't have to run around a whole lot. She's on the net a lot. Um, I thought she had good connection with Kiana on the slide. Good connection with good connection with Keely and Nora. Um, what did you think of Kendra's performance last night? And what does it tell you about her big picture? You know, I think we've always known she's like a really great all-around level player, right? I mean, she's great at defense. She can serve. She can block. Um, she can set, obviously. Um, but I think she just continues to get better and better at setting and placing the ball. Um, and you know, I'd like her. I'd like to see her get the middles maybe more involved when she's pulled off the net. Um, just to the defense a little bit. I of course, of course I would, she, but she <laughs> I just think it would be helpful. Um, mm -hmm. but. You know, I just think she gets better and better. And I, you know, I hope from setting from a setting perspective and placing that ball and getting really confident, kind of shooting a ball into a middle quickly, um, or kind of flinging it over her head to the backside. Um, I'm just excited to see her get to that level where she just kind of has the feel for it and will kind of fling it around and um, kind of hit whoever's open. Let's, uh, let's isolate the two freshmen. I'm, I'm, it, you're always really curious how they look because Ava Martin and Sky McCune are in different roles, obviously, but they're not like they're not at that point where you, as an observer, are like, all right, Creighton's entire performance tonight is centered around how these certain people handle the the, the stage, the opponent, everything that's happening. But I think Sky first of all, was under a lot of pressure because as the as a freshman DS, you know, Nebraska's going to target you a lot in serve-receive. So you have to be able to handle first contact in order to get your offense in system and get your offense into a rhythm. Because that's important, right? And I thought as the match progressed, Sky got much sharper, and it looked like she settled into that match a lot, um, a lot better as the thing wore on. And Ava... When you, we talked about like being aggressive and taking just, you know, worry free swings where you're like, I'm just going to put this, I'm going to hit this thing as hard as I can and I'm going to try to break some fingers. 
but I'm trying to find the floor and I'm not getting cute with it. And I thought Ava took a lot of aggressive swings. I don't even remember her um, roll shotting or tipping. I don't know if she did. I'm, I have to go back and rewatch the whole thing, but I don't remember it happening. And I know she had some aggressive swings in set four that helped create and separate. And she had some aggressive swings that found the floor that helped Creighton get off to the lead in set five, which I think was important. But it's not just important because it gives Creighton an edge and a point on the board. I think it's important to see her do it because she's just a freshman and just starting to scratch the surface on who she is as a player. And for her to do that in that moment, in that on that stage against that opponent, for her to be as aggressive as she was, I think is a big indicator of what she's kind of made of as a player. So give me your take on Sky and Ava. And how those two freshmen who are, you know, one hand, basically, you can count on one hand into the end of the season in terms of matches played, how they handled the toughest team they've played in the biggest environment they've played in so far. I thought they handled it really well. Um, and like you said, Sky um, McCune got a ton of balls thrown her way, um, both in serve reception and then defensively, too, I thought. Nebraska was finding that um, right back side of the court, and she actually led the team in digs, um, which is really impressive. Um, so, yeah, I just thought she stayed in it and um, did what she could. And even, you know, if a pass wasn't great one time, I thought she didn't let it fester either, and I thought she kind of turned it around. And um, as much as you have some rocket serves coming at you, I thought she handled them really, really well. Um, and then – um Ava Martin I thought like you said just was aggressive I thought she elevated really well um you know she hit it off the block um she moved it around a little bit but I thought every time she went up thinking I'm gonna get a kill um which is what you like to see and especially she's not getting quite as many attempts um as some of the other hitters so um I thought she was efficient too I think she only made two errors um so as far as being low error, I thought that I was good and um, seven kills to go along with it. So I feel like a solid performance um, for the role that she is in right now. For sure. Definitely. And then Sky had, you mentioned her, her reception. She had 31, which led the team. I think, you know, Allison Witten was at 26. That was the next closest. So to get, 30, you know, to, to get 31 receptions and not make a single error all night on any of those, that's crazy impressive. That's a Cause you're under fire. I mean, Nebraska only had one player with more than that, and that was Maddie Kubik. So Creighton was obviously going after her because they wanted her dealing with first contact instead of if she was going to have, you know, a lot of swings. So um she made three she made three errors. You yeah. know? That's Maddie Kubik. That's that kid that that kid's played a lot of high level volleyball. So the only player who had who had to deal with it more than than freshman Sky McCune last night was a, a seasoned veteran and Sky graded out better than she did. And that, that was a really – I think for Sky, when you're looking for a confidence booster in your freshman season and trying to find – because like, like you said, I think you alluded to it earlier, like the players who get the kills kind of get the glory, right? But the DSs are really important because if you can't handle yeah. first con- – you can't handle first contact, your kill specialist can't get anything going because they're going to be swinging off the net. They're going to be swinging in the hands all the time. Um, you're likely not going to maybe be very efficient if your DS is – and your serve receivers can handle first contact. So Sky had a really important role last night, and one that kind of goes unnoticed because from a statistical standpoint, when you're watching a match and analyzing a match, it's just easier to note the players who are putting the ball down as opposed to the ones who are keeping the ball up and initiating the offense. But that first contact is really important. Creighton harps on it a lot. You harp on it a lot on here. 
and Sky did a great job with it last night, especially as the match wore on. Uh-huh. For sure. Um, let's talk big picture now of what this match means. Because it's kind of funny in this state. Um, I'm going to try to not step on as many toes as possible here, but I might have to just say screw it. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nebraska obviously has that national championship standard, right? So everyone they play, every time they play, it's like that's what's being measured here, both from Nebraska's standpoint and from the team they're playing. And, you know, Kirsten Bernthal-Booth got criticized uh, by, you know, local media, um, not me, because I understand context, but some local media criticized her for um, kind of like celebrating the fact that it's a, you know, it's a match for the state when Clayton and the rest would play at CHI and that breaking the record for the all-time largest crowd is a big deal and it, it's you know it's a it's a it's a it's something on its own other than what happened in the match itself. So her saying that after a five set loss in Nebraska was like, you know, I think some people thought she was playing the moral victory card because it was the only card she could play in terms of getting a win out of it. You know, because you ultimately lost the match. Um, obviously, the context with which she said that was just purely about attendance. She wasn't trying to play a moral victory card, but. No one really gives Creighton a chance to win this match. So anytime Creighton has some kind of a positive vibe from this, it kind of gets looked at from the Nebraska lens. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're trying to latch onto anything you can from a positive standpoint because we beat you again. 19-0, eat it. You know what I mean? But there are positives for Creighton last night. Because they're not expected to go to a Final Four. They're not expected to contend for a national championship. And, oh, by the way, they don't have their best player available yeah so for them to not only push nebraska to five but to do it in reverse order where you're down oh two in the locker room you're playing in front of a crowd that's 80 20 red um you're playing the number two team in the country a team that has definitive stated national championship aspirations they expect to be back in that arena in december as a baseline they'll accept nothing less than that so for Creighton to come into the year with a goal of doing it as well, to push that team to the to go the distance with them, to push them to the wire, to chase them down, down 0-2, and come back and take control of the match um, with all the extra variables that are going against them, I think Creighton should feel pretty good about that. Yes, it's a loss. I know they're mad about it. I know they're all competitors. And Kirsten Bernthal, who said in her first comment, the first thing out of her mouth in the presser was that they were disappointed. So clearly they're not happy losing a five-setter to Nebraska, but there are some tangible things there for Creighton to build off of. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. Um, Yeah, you're not going to be happy with the loss, but I think at the same time, you play that match knowing that a loss in Nebraska is not going to hurt you overall, right? And you get to stack up against a really good team, you know, one of the top teams in the country, potentially somebody who's going to be at the Final Four. So I think you, there's nothing bad about about playing them, right? I mean, you get to see where, where you're at. And it's an early test, and there's a lot of season left. But if anything, it exposes what you need to work on. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, they want the win as much as Nebraska wants to win. And um, nobody expects Creighton to win. So like you yeah. said, I mean, no one expects it. And, you know, I was sitting with some Husker fans yesterday and we're like, oh, well, we don't want Nebraska to win in three. We want more volleyball, right? Because we're like, this is a great match, but uh, we get to set five and they're like, all right, can't you Creighton anymore. It's all Nebraska. So it's just, you know, it's just that thing where you have diehard Huskers. And obviously if you're, if you're a Blue Jay fan, you want the Blue Jays to win. So it's kind of that Jaysker, I don't know, yeah. issue yeah, there where people are like, what do I do here? But yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting, interesting crowd, interesting vibe, I would say. Yeah, for sure. I, I think from Creighton's standpoint, if they were like, if, if the final four was maybe a goal that they, kind of believed in i think last night it they definitely believe they're capable of that you know what i mean i think like anytime you push a team like that that's at that level you anytime you, not even push because i think there's like there's things that happen in in matches that maybe are beyond your control and um maybe it's not always like an even match but basically from I think the last four sets were decided by two points. And I know you guys don't look at that like that in volleyball because it's it's game by game, right? But the but you played they played Nebraska for how how long did set two set one even last? Was that 20 minutes? That was a quick one, right? It was 25, 18. Yeah, it was that could have been more than 20 minutes, right? 20, 25. Yeah. So so you so Creighton essentially played Nebraska even for two hours last night. Because the last last four sets, Creighton scored eighty eight points. Nebraska scored eighty six. The last four sets, so that's so that's two hours essentially, two two to two and a half hours where where Creighton is going shot for shot, point for point, block for block, dig for dig, pass for pass, serve for serve, and in 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 certain stretches that were pretty significant, they they were looking better in those areas. I don't know how you don't take that as a positive. I understand that Nebraska media measures everything from the Husker standpoint in terms of wins and losses and that it sounds kind of corny to them to even talk about moral victories because you you know you're in Nebraska and you have standards etc. Um but if Creighton wants to get to a final four it starts with believing you can be there, right? Like you can't go into a second round match in Lawrence which you played in thinking, holy crap, how are we going to beat Kansas today? I don't think we have a prayer. And then pull it off, right? There's no way you can go into that match scared and win, is it? Yeah, you're right. I mean, and that's why Korean schedules the way that they do, right? Mm. I mean, you're going to test against all these teams that will be top 15, top 20, top 10 even, you know, top five um, if yeah. you're Nebraska. So, I mean, that's why you play them. And I mean, the way that Creighton's conference is right now, there's not, you know, a slew of teams that are going to be top 25. Right. So, right. I, I mean, that's why you do it. And um, you, it's how you finish, right? I mean, it's not how you start the season, it's how you finish. So if they can keep getting better, I mean, they played some really good volleyball last night. The thing is now can we keep getting better, you know, throughout this season. And even when our competition maybe isn't quite as high, can yeah. we keep getting better? And I think that's the part that makes it a little bit different um, for Creighton in that regard. For sure. Um, let's let's talk about something that's maybe not part of um, the volleyball side of it, because I'm curious to get your opinion on this. Um, 
Because <laughs> it's interesting, right? They're every other year they're gonna play Nebraska at CHI. Basically, it, it looks like that's that, that that they've settled into this routine now, where Creighton goes to Lincoln, and then Nebraska comes to Omaha, but it's not at DJ Sokol Arena. So they're gonna play this game of, you know, can we break our record of attendance, et cetera? And in in playing that game, you're inviting um a hostile crowd to your match essentially because while Creighton is the host, Nebraska has, you know, a larger enrollment, a larger alumni base, more history, far more history as a volleyball program. You're going to be outnumbered dramatically in terms of the fan breakdown. And when that's the case, you're never going to win the crowd no matter how well you perform. So how do you feel about the way this series looks like it's shaking out right now. Nebraska will not be caught dead at DJ Sokol Arena, the true home court environment of the Blue Jays. And 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 honestly, here's the thing about it too, is if Nebraska and Creighton were to play in at Sokol, it would be a true home court environment for Creighton because of the amount of season tickets they've sold. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's, there's not enough left for Nebraska to take that over. You know what I mean? So that's the only place Creighton can play Nebraska – in existence that's the only gym in existence right now where creighton can play nebraska and have a true home court advantage from an environmental standpoint everywhere else they go to play nebraska it's not going to be a neutral court it's going to be a home court advantage for the huskers how do you feel about where this series sits right now because creighton doesn't seem to be shying away from it and i think there's something to be said for that because they're 0 and 19 against nebraska and everyone wants to know when will they finally beat the huskers can Booth beat Cook, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the deck is constantly stacked against Creighton, and they aren't backing away from it yet. So um, maybe that's not the question you should be asking. So the question I'm going to ask right now is, like, how do you feel about the way this is set up, where it's like Nebraska is the team that kind of just like has control over um, some significant variables in this series right now, and Creighton is going to have to basically be like Rocky against Apollo and just knock out the knock out the king, slay the dragon, whatever you want to say, whatever cliche you want to make it in order to to get to get what they want out of this. You know what I mean? They want to beat Nebraska. To beat Nebraska, they're gonna have to do it in a hostile environment, one way or the other. Because Nebraska is never gonna play them on soap. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> oh gosh. I don't know. I mean, I would love to see a match in Soko, but yeah, I don't want to ever happen. Um I don't know. I mean, you kind of wonder, like, why do why do they keep rescheduling it, right? Um, <laughs> do you want? Do you want? If you were still a player, would you be like, "What are we doing? Why are we, you know, why are we bending the knee here?" Or do you just like, do you just get kind of fired up about it and say, "Look, all right, you know, if you want your home court advantage, if you want your home away from home, all right, fine, we'll show up." Yeah, like, you, I mean, I don't do think I would ever be like, "Let's not do it," right? But like. It, you have to go into it. I mean, it's a little bit easier, I guess, for Creighton in that regard. I mean, they're not expected to win, so you can play freely. Mm. I mean, you Nebraska, from another standpoint, like, if you're the team that loses to Creighton for the first time, how would that look, you know? That's true, yeah. So you kind of have both sides mm-hmm. of it. Um, so, I mean, I think – and you can't turn down playing a top team. I mean, I just don't think yeah. Pearson would ever do that, right? I mean, we have an opportunity to play a really talented team that's probably going to finish – top 10 in the country um at the end of the year so 
I, I don't think you refuse it. And I think as a player, you're just like, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a big challenge. It's an early challenge um, in the season. And um, I think Creighton kind of has their lineup figured out. And Nebraska, from what it sounds like, doesn't quite know what they're doing um, for their lineup too. So I think you're, it's an interesting matchup too, because it's so early and yeah. both teams are kind of trying to find their identity and um, kind of what they're going to do for the rest of the season. But it is a good celebration of volleyball, as as they said, even though that was criticized. Um, I think it's fun to see volleyball on such a big scale um, in mm. Omaha. And I know, obviously, Nebraska gets a ton of fans and they have a larger arena. Um, but I think it is cool to, to be a player on that stage. It's something you'll remember for the rest of your life. Um, and then to attend it, too, it's a very cool experience just to see how many people are there to watch a volleyball game. Yeah, let's let me ask you about that real quick before we jump into our final topic of looking ahead of this weekend. Um, what's you're, you're from, you know, you're from Iowa, right? So you're kind of in the hotbed of volleyball a little bit, right? Iowa's got some studs that turn out, right? I mean, you were all right, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you're just like, yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, um, what's it like, you know, being a part of that as a fan and also being a part of it as a player? Like, is is it as cool as it seems to people? Because it seems really cool to me. Like, I, you know, I know it's silly to say, like, what's Nebraska known for? Well, sports kind of not really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, you know. We talk about life. But we're kind of an event town, you know, Omaha is. College World Series, Final yeah. Fours for volleyball, like, you know, Creighton basketball, all those sorts of things. That's kind of what we do here, you know. What's it like for a, a player who kind of grew up in this sport a person, sorry, who grew up in this sport, you know, and then you were a part of these record-breaking crowds now. As a player, you were part of it in 2018, and last night you were part of it as a fan. Like, you've kind of lived that from different angles. Like, what's – what do you think when you sit and experience that as, you know, in different in different ways? Um, How significant is it? How significant is that? I mean, it's really cool. Like, I, you would just not get that anywhere else. You know, like there is not one place I could think of in the country that it would ever happen. <laughs> yeah. No. You know, for two teams that are just in Nebraska, and I mean, obviously Creighton's ranked a little bit lower than Nebraska, but for mm-hmm. two teams, forty-five minutes away from each other to be ranked that highly and have such competitive teams, I think is something that's really special. And then. Just Nebraska in general. I mean, even compared to Iowa, Nebraska has a lot better, like, youth programs, I would say, and better club programs compared to the state of Iowa. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think from the top down, Nebraska just, you know, knows how to do it right with volleyball, just from all ages, honestly. And even now, like, adult volleyball. Like, I play in some adult volleyball, and there's so much. There's such. Oh, really? Is it crazy? Of, like, adult volleyball. Yeah, it's it's different, and I – it's just crazy from, you know, all the way from being now retired from, you know, college volleyball to young kids learning how to play. I just think it's so strong. Just the volleyball, really? there's great coaches everywhere. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. I don't think I, I don't think I'd ever considered that before that you still find yourself like in competitive <laughs> settings. Like, you're like, yeah, it's still pretty fierce out here. Like my playing days aren't quite as easygoing still. That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, I'm in some leagues. I'm a little nervous about. We'll see. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll probably whip their ass. Don't worry about it. Um, my thing, like my thing with that is, um, I don't know. I think I feel. I think I feel. 
I think I feel like last night was really, really cool because it was competitive. I think it would feel weird if um if the if they broke the record to that degree, like fifteen seven seven it was fifteen nine seven nine, is that what it was? Fifteen seven nine seven. Yeah. yeah. So you know, just shy of sixteen. I think I would feel like eh, about it if if like Creighton or Nebraska, honestly, like if one of them got wiped out. You know, because then I just feel like, all right, you kind of just, you know, you kind of just advertise really well. <laughs> like, you know, you marketed this thing that create that that fans needed to be there for. They needed to see. Yeah. Um, you know, you sold all these tickets to this huge arena. You had it on national television. You made a big spectacle of it, and then like you don't even like it's like a first round knockout or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's not even a competitive match. It like that's that to me lands a little weird to me. I think if you're gonna hype something up, it has to be for a reason. You know what I mean? So I think the fact that it went five sets, that it went over three hours, three hours, I mean, you know, five setters are usually like two and a half hours, even in the most competitive settings, two and a half, 245. For this thing to be three hours, that's a lot of volleyball. Like, that's grueling. Like, these 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 players went through hell last night. You know what I mean? But they all looked like they were having a blast, and it was a five setter, and it was incredibly competitive. And it lasted over three hours, and it did not feel like it. So from, from, from a fan perspective, from an observer's perspective, I think everybody enjoyed the show. You know, they weren't, like, checking their, like, good God, we got to get to bed kind of thing, you know, get the kids home. I think it was a party last wow. night. And I think what made it that was the volleyball. Like, the crowd would have – 16,000 would have sat on their hands and not did anything all night. Yeah. And it, and it oh, still would have broken – it still would have broken the record. But the fact that it was a five-setter, a competitive match, three hours that felt like one and a half, I think that's what made it special last night. Yeah, it was awesome. And even just being in the crowd, like, even Husker fans, they're like, we want more volleyball. They're like, mm. Creighton has to, has to win this third set because we're not going home yet. We're like, we need more volleyball. We need to watch more volleyball. And it's just, I think from both sides, people were just, you know, wanting to see more volleyball Kind of have it have that drama, I think, just of a really good yeah. match. And I think that's the fun part of it. Yeah. That's what I mean by an event town. Like Omaha's mm-hmm. an event town. They just want some drama. Like they want <laughs> they want to feel like edge of their seat, that exhilaration, that rush. Um, and I think that's what made last night special. I think that's why I think that's what made the first record breaker special with 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 you back in twenty eighteen. Was that was like fourteen oh two two. It broke the record and everything like that, but I don't remember anything else on that list. You know what I mean? I don't remember what it, I don't remember the match it beat. I don't remember everything else that's on the list in terms of the records that were set before it. But I remember that because that was a hell of a match. That was a five setter that was really competitive. You know, it was two of the best teams, not just in the state, definitely in the state, but also two of the best teams in the country going blow for blow. And then last night was a replication of it. You had the record-shattering attendance, and you had two high-level teams just swinging like one after the other, going after each other. Um, both wanted to win really badly, um, and they took it to the wire. And I think that's the redeeming quality of that. It's not just the record-breaking crowd; it's the whole, it's the whole match itself. The fact that it lived up, it probably exceeded the hype. Honestly, there was a lot of hype going into that one. And I've already, you know, I feel like I want to go back and watch it again and relive it all over again. And I don't think I'll do it only one or two times. I think it might do it three or four. So it's going to be a fun one to relive because it was just so exciting. 
I thought both teams played really well, and it went to the you know, like I said, it went the distance. That, that's incredible. Yeah, hopefully it can you know be a repeat every time they match up. Hopefully it's a good entertaining match. That's what my yeah. hopes for. <laughs> yeah, that that would be that would be really something if it turned into like that on a regular occurrence. You know, yeah, that'd be, that'd be really crazy. But last night, just for some t- statistical context, last night was also you know I talked about the the last four sets being um only decided by two points i was actually the closest creighton nebraska match from a um total score standpoint too i think nebraska scored 107 points on the night creighton scored 102 so there was a difference of five points there in totality um only the 2018 match with megan that i referred to earlier um that's the that was the closest before last night that was that was six points Um, last night was five so it was the most competitive Creighton-Nebraska match of all time in this series, and uh, 15,797 people were on hand to see it. It lasted over three hours, and honestly, I know Wisconsin and Florida are going to try to break that. Um, so maybe, the, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll get the numbers in their favor, and you know it'll work out. But good luck replicating the whole picture there because that was a hell of a match last night, and I don't know if college volleyball is going to top that, at least until December. So. Good luck to Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, looking forward to this weekend right here. Just to set everybody up. Uh, Creighton plays a uh, two matches at Baxter Arena. Um, let me double check the schedule so we can let people know playing their weekend. Um, Florida State at five tomorrow. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah. So Florida State at five o'clock on Friday, right? Yeah. Yep. And... Saturdays at 3 p.m. against Omaha. Yep. Okay, so those are both at Baxter Arena. Creighton versus Florida State at 5 p.m. And then on Saturday, Creighton versus Omaha um, at 3 o'clock, both at Baxter Arena. So get your tickets, head on out there, check it out. Um, should be some good volleyball because Florida State's, you know, kind of one of those really under-the-radar ACC squads. That's kind of always good, but I don't know, maybe not always national championship good, but you know they're NCAA tournament good year in, year out. So it's going to be a quality match. Um, it'll be a chance for a resume booster for both teams. Uh, let me, let me, so we don't. I don't know a whole lot about Florida State, but it sounds like they run a 6-2, uh, same as Nebraska did last night. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to pick your brain with a pretty basic one here. Like, what are the challenges of defending a 6-2 that Creighton's going to deal with? Uh, against Florida State, and how much does it help to have just faced one with Nebraska? Um, I would say it helps. I mean, the the advantage of the six two obviously is that you have three hitters in the front row all the time. Um, okay. So, um, there's that. So, I'm from a blocking standpoint. I mean, that's what makes it harder. And on the middle blocker for Creighton, it'll be it'll be tough because sometimes you got to pick pick and choose where you're gonna go. Um and kind of leave somebody open. So I think that game, you know, that, that planning of it is important um, in scouting for sure. Um, And then obviously like just getting their setter out, I think as much as Creighton can swing and get that right back um, to play the ball. So the setter to play the ball. I think. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, So, I mean, from that standpoint, I think that'll probably be part of their game plan. Um, Just knowing like their coaching staff, um, 
that way it'll take out a middle, right? Cause you can't really set a middle. Um, mm -hmm. So then you just have your pins and that makes it a little bit easier on the blockers um, when that libero has to take that second ball. So um, disadvantages and advantages, but. Yeah. This is why yeah. I ask you those questions. Cause you can rip off that volleyball knowledge. Like it's nobody's <laughs> business. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be that, that, that first, that, that serving is going to be really important for Creighton. Um, Cause if you can get that, if you can get that system out of whack, I think Creighton can have a lot of success dealing with it. Um, I don't know. I just I think Creighton plays pretty well against six twos historically. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that I think, I think it's because because they usually have good serving teams. I think they yeah. know how to. I think they know how to deal with a six two. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Omaha. So Omaha was a seventy ish RPI team last year. So probably. You know, I don't know the history of them, the their program very well, but I imagine that's their best team in a long time in terms of um, type of season they had. And it looks like they're playing some pretty good volleyball to start the year too. So I think they kind of built off that. Uh, curious to see what that looks like from an environment standpoint. Like how how excited are people? Creighton, Nebraska has a following because Nebraska has a following, right? Like, and then Creighton obviously sells out their gym, so. You know you're gonna pack out. If you you tell anybody that Creighton and Nebraska are playing, they just say where and when. You know what I mean, and they'll be there. Uh, the Saturday has an opportunity to be kind of interesting too because I think Omaha is on the come up, and obviously Creighton's Creighton, so that'll be an interesting little match, right? What 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 have you seen from watching UNO? In, I don't know how often you have seen them, but what are they starting to do um, well as a program? with that new coaching staff uh, that has them kind of on the right trajectory to make the NCAA tournament pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, I just think all around just the skill level has been raised. Um, and I think especially defensively, I feel like they've had some really yes. good defensive players in the past and um, they continue to get better and better at that. Um, and then, yeah, just serve and pass. I think that'll obviously be like the game plan, usually the game plan for anyone. <laughs> Yeah, um, just serve sure. and pass well. Um, but I think for them, you know, they'll have to serve and pass really well. And then they've had some really good. Um, they had a really good right side. I know um, she might be gone now, but they've had some good pin hitters. Um, and things, and I think their setter is pretty solid. So from what it sounds like, they're getting better and better. So I think it'll be exciting to kind of see see them play again. I don't know when the last time was that they played each other. Did they play last year? I can't recall. They played in the Virginia Invitational, right? Yeah. It was the last, yeah, match of, okay. last match of that. Okay. Yeah, I remember I remember UNO passing it, like serving and passing really well. They dug the hell out of the ball, I think, if I recall correctly. Um, I think Creighton obviously was physically, uh, you know, level above them. Mm -hmm. um, and then Creighton, and then Creighton, obviously. You know, Creighton, from a physicality standpoint, I think is, is more impressive than they lead on. I think they're, you know, Pearson always talks about kind of being worried about an opponent's physicality. And every time she says it, I think to myself, I'm like, I mean, you guys are pretty physically physically good too. Like you got some you got some studs too. Um uh so I think from a physicality standpoint, I'm curious to see how it stacks up because I think last year that made a pretty big difference. Cause I think UNO, uh, you know, I think they served and passed really well in that match. And I think they dig really well too. They cover the floor really well. So they make it hard for you to score. Um and I think the reason Creighton was able to you know, control that thing was from a physicality standpoint. So that's kind of what I'm interested to see on Saturdays, you know, as UNO been able to bridge that gap a little bit more and will that make the other parts of the game 
um, you know, will that be able to enhance the other parts of the game and make the match more competitive? Um, that'll be kind of the things I'm watching for on Saturday. So that's the, that's the slate 5 PM on Friday against Florida state. Um, so whoever's not going to Oktoberfest, head on out to Baxter arena. And then Saturday, if you were at Oktoberfest and you're sober enough to, uh, drive to Baxter arena in the afternoon, three o'clock Creighton versus Omaha. So that's the, that's the deal. Thank you for everybody for tuning in as always appreciate our listeners. Um, Thank you to Megan Ballinger for her time and her knowledge. I'm Matt DeMarinas, and this has been another episode of your Creighton Volleyball Weekend Wrap-Up. Take care, everyone.